Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed and on today's show we're talking all about PSG's frustrating defeat at the hands of Newcastle. And here to help me do that is longtime PSG Talk contributor who's making his triumphant return to the pod. Welcome to the show, Carl Oscar Kallstrom. Carl Oscar, so pleased to have you on. How are you doing these days? Where in the world are you right now? Thank you so much for uh, letting me back on. I think it was about two years ago, so good, good to make my comeback. Uh, I'm currently in Cape Town, South, South Africa, actually, uh, doing an internship down here uh, just till just over Christmas, and then going back to, to Scandinavia, Denmark, and Sweden. So, yeah, I, I wish I was here under uh, better circumstances, but no, happy, very happy to go back, and good to see you. Yeah, good to see you as well. And getting back home just in time for ski season, uh, being yeah. nice and, and cold up there. So, all right, well, let's, we've got a lot to cover. Um, let's jump right into the match because a lot to sift through. Let's start with the starting lineup because a lot of fans I'm seeing on social media, they're placing the blame on Luis Enrique for opting for playing four attackers and only two midfielders. I tweeted that it was, it was unexpected, but. I think at the time when the lineup came out, most fans kind of placed their trust in Luis Enrique and thought maybe he knew something that we didn't. Uh, but given the performance, he clearly got it wrong. What was your reaction to the starting lineup? Why do you think he went that route? And why didn't he change when he realized early on that it wasn't working out? I was confused, most of all, because, I mean, we've seen essentially the same lineup with a few changes uh, so far this season, especially since uh, Mbappé and Ousmane Dembélé came into to the fold again. Uh, but I, because we've been seeing Vitinha and uh, Bradley Bacola in that sort of makeshift left wing position. So, so for, for those who haven't followed that closely, Vitinha has essentially been moved out to the wing, creating a sort of four-man, five-man attack, depending on if, if another midfielder joins in possession. Uh, and it's been working very well because he's really good at the, with the ball. He comes deep. He uh, he um, uh, he receives passes. His uh, receives passes is uh, far higher than they were last season. Uh, and then the few past few games, uh, Bacola has taken on that role. A slightly different profile. He's been more. He's uh, done more take ons and so on. Uh, but he's been really effective in, in defense. So why is Colomani? In that role, he hasn't played there yet. <clears throat> he hasn't played there yet. He's mostly been through the middle or, or on the right when he's been subbed on, and it just didn't see. Like to be fair, I, I don't even know. I, 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 I feel like I can't get a grasp of Kolomani and like his profile yet, uh, especially in this team. But he, it just didn't work at all. He failed to come deep and protect the uh, join the midfield like Barcola and uh, Vitinha did. And it just didn't work at all. He was completely isolated and stayed on that uh, left-hand side, leaving the midfield so exposed. I mean, we've said that uh, Manuel Ugarte can do the work of, like, three people. Maybe he can, because, like, that was literally the situation last night. Him versus him and Wansar uh, Emery against, uh, yeah, five, uh, five super hard-working midfielders for Newcastle, so... That that was the main. Uh, well, was there any other question marks apart from that? I'm not sure. It was that that was a big thing for me at least. 
Yeah, just your main takeaway, and I and I guess the the next part of it would be when he realized when Luis Enrique realized it wasn't working. Why didn't he change things? Yeah. Either move players around on the pitch or sub off someone, bring in a Vitinha, who yeah. let's yeah. let's remind folks was the man of the match against Dortmund on match day one, and he gets relegated to the bench for reasons unknown. But why didn't he make a change there early on? No idea. Like I, I totally understand not wanting to sub someone out during the first half. I feel like a very cutthroat manager would have done that, but I totally understand not doing the change before halftime. But it's such an obvious decision to make. Either bring, I would personally have brought on Vitinha immediately, but he ended bringing on uh, Bacola in, like, I want to say, like the 56th or something like that. Um, yeah. Who played well, I uh, thought. Uh, yeah, you know, well. like he was one of the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he played for like, uh, what was that, 30 something minutes, and he was one of the best PSG players throughout the entire game. I don't know. We'll see how his... Because we haven't had too much of a sample size yet. We'll see how his man sort of game management develops. But if this is how it's going to be and he's going to be stubborn and hope it's going to work, then we could be in in a bit of trouble. I think that when we had uh, Thomas Tuchel, what he did really well was the the sort of mid-game management. Um, yeah, so it, it was a bit bit worrying. I, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say that he's an awful uh, he, he's an awful manager or anything, but we'll have to keep an eye on it. Definitely. Yeah, one thing we're not gonna do is sack him before Christmas. That's for sure. We yeah. need some stability. He got it wrong this one. Let's yeah. keep the faith. Luis Enrique will figure it out. He's won big trophies before. Um, he he made a mistake. Would I have liked to see him change that mistake faster? Of course, but it just. Like you said, you'd have to be really cutthroat to make a, a major change like yeah. that early on. Um, I had written before the match uh, that we all knew what the crowd was going to be um, in that place. It was insane. I mean, it came through the television when I was watching how loud it was. This needed to be a, a boring approach from PSG. This needed to be a packed midfield, keep possession, get out of there with a scoreless draw or 1-1 maybe. That's what the, my prediction I don't know why you went with four attacking players. Gonzalo Ramos, you and I, we both rate him pretty highly, but he, he hasn't hit the ground running really at PSG. He's still finding his footing. And, and so I don't know why you put him in a game like this. I don't know why you didn't well, start. What I would Bettina. say is like he, he had like three three tackles during the game. He was mm-hmm. down, like he, he was in midfield and a lot of defensive transitions, a lot of like almost Cavani-like when he was at mm-hmm. his best. So, like, yes, he didn't contribute a lot in an attack, but at least he did something uh, in defense. That is true. And then, I mean, Newcastle just, they fed off the crowd. They pressed PSG. We were trying to play out of the back. um, And I just don't know if we have the players to do that. And, And that kind of brings me to my next question, which is, you know, Marquinhos made that mistake early on that gifted, I thought, Newcastle's first goal. He was baiting Newcastle players to come and pressure him. And when they did, you know, they would, you know, win a free kick or the ball would go out for a corner. Um, and they were celebrating that as if it was a goal. And then eventually Marquinhos baited them a little bit too much. He ended up turning the ball over right in front of Donnarumma's goal. And eventually it was uh, Miguel Almiron who scored for Newcastle. Um what is it with Marquinhos in these big matches, making these big mistakes? Is it time to move on from him? What, just what are your thoughts on Marquinhos? Because I'm kind of over it at this point. Yeah, I, I think what, we what know I would, what he is yeah, at this sorry. point. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, what, what, I, what I would say is we've seen a regression over the past 
I don't know, two, two, two and a half seasons. He used to be, like, I used to call him the best center back in the world three seasons ago. And he was, I mean, maybe he wasn't, but he was up there at least. Then he, I think it's, a, it's not his physical ability. It's not his technical ability. He's good at both. It's been a mentality thing. If this performance would have come directly after the end of last season, so like this was the last game, first game we played of the season, then I would be far more critical. I would say he has looked far more like his old self. So, but before this game this season, and I, I, yes, it was a bad mistake. He tried to to play a left-footed lob pass uh, over. I don't know who made the interception. Maybe it was uh, Almiron. But if you follow me on Twitter, you would see that I I, I shifted the blame a bit because it was. Yes, they try to play out of the back, but there just aren't any options. The only real passing options uh, available were Donnarumma and Skriniar, both good players. Like they're not bad players, but they're not good and comfortable with the ball at yeah. their feet. So you're not going to back and play. watch it as well. Yeah. There, there was no one to pass to. I, I kind of looked yeah. at it very close, and so yeah. he either needed to just boot the ball down the pitch yeah. and get out. Of, but there was no one. Yeah. To your point, there's no one no, to pass it no, to. No, and. If you were, if if you would have had Kilo Navas and Thiago Silva there, for example, you could have played small intricate passes in that triangle. You can't play uh, a ball into Donnarumma's feet when there's an opponent uh, five uh, five meters uh, away from him. And I have been giving Donnarumma a lot of grief. I think he's a de- very good, decent shot stopper, but he just like it's the same thing when you watch France. Uh, I mean, he's retired from international football now, but uh, Hugo Lloris, he just stopped so many attacks for France before they even started because he couldn't play out of the, play out, play out of the back. So I, when it comes to Marquinhos, I don't think he has the players around him to be able to do what he does best. Um, Verratti used Scr- to be really Scrinyar good. is not very good with his feet, I don't think, no, either. And no. incredibly slow. He, he, he very much reminds me of myself when I used to play uh, used to play football. Uh, they, they used to call me the um, sort of the cruise ship because I used to turn so slowly and just like so, yeah. Th- Same that's here. What I feel giving. <laughs> yeah, that's what, what Screener is giving a bit. Um, no, so, so I really want to give Marquinhos more time because I think he was he was the best defender. He was a better than Screener for the rest of the game. Uh, he, he tracked Alexander Isak, who, I mean, I like him, I'm Swedish, uh, he's a really good player, uh, but he was largely quiet, Marquinhos kept him quiet, so we'll see what happens after this, I think. Yeah, that, that's going to be, unfortunately, my answer for a bunch of these things, because I think we need patience and see where where, where this is going. If yeah. yeah, if he continues to regress for the, the rest of the season, you'll, you'll have to see if you can get a fee out of, uh, I don't know, uh, like Villarreal or the Saudi mm-hmm. club or something come summer. Yeah, and we'll have to wait to see, you know, the the fitness of President Kimpembe, who's coming back from a significant yeah. injury, if there's yeah. any signings in January. We all may want to bench Marquinhos, and it might be possible, but you'd have to get a little creative in that back line. And I think we've got maybe a question later we can talk a little bit more about yeah. that, uh, the defense, what your preferred back line would be. Um, the second goal I thought was a little bit controversial. So Newcastle's Dan Byrne, he scored a header. And after a VAR check, it was confirmed that the ball did cross the line before Donnarumma made his save. But before the header, it did look like there was a handball on, uh, I think it was Jamal Lasellas, who kind of jumped up and 
had his hand on Hakimi's shoulder. And you could see the Newcastle player's arm go back because the ball hit his arm. Should, In your opinion, should that uh, goal have been disallowed because of the handball prior to the goal? I haven't seen any good replays of that. It's all been very blurry. Uh, and I feel like you've been looking into it far more than I have. Uh, if he actively, if he has the arm in a somewhat unnatural position and it hel- helps uh, Newcastle in getting the goal, yeah, yeah, possibly. I do wonder if that was what they were looking at with the VAR because it took, it must have been like three minutes. Uh, and I felt like the offside was very clearly not offside. That should have been a very quick decision. Uh, and the, you, you get the goal line technology, uh, which is instant. So it, I wonder if it was the handball decision they were looking at for so long. I honestly don't know because the offside was very obviously not an, um, not offside. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what they were looking at. It's not crystal clear. Um, you had Ugarte; he, he was involved, and Hakimi was involved, and but none of their arms are moving back from the impact of the ball. It was only the Newcastle player. Um, so maybe because they couldn't make a, a be a hundred percent sure, maybe that's why. It's just unfortunate because it's certainly from my point yeah. of view. I've been looking at this thing like the Zabruder film. I've been kind of zooming. I got it on my phone so I could zoom in. Um, it looks like a handball to me, but it just yeah. you know it's unfortunate. And, and Newcastle, they they created that opportunity and they mm-hmm. they get the benefit of the doubt. It's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I, I think it, we, we're. We don't want to be Liverpool fans and blame it all. <laughs> replay the whole game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let, let's replay the whole game. I, I don't think I want to replay that game, to be fair. <laughs> just avoid going there again. Um, no. Uh, also, just want to, like, quick shout-out to the Newcastle supporters. Everyone that I interacted with online were very nice as well. I think there was a general sort of respect between the fan bases. Uh, and, Yeah. yeah. St. James's Park is probably the best uh, atmosphere we've seen away in Europe in England. Mm. Uh, Anfield was very overrated. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's going to help, like, especially when you get that type of person. That, that, mm-hmm. Sorry, Dan Byrne, but like a six foot seven <laughs> giant left back who's a Newcastle fa- fan since birth, it's obviously going to like erupt the place. And a pretty good dancer. I don't know if they showed it in, on your broadcast, but he was doing like a Fortnite TikTok type dance. I got, and... Yeah, I got a TikTok uh, in, in, in my feed, but I was just scrolling past everything that reminded <laughs> me of the games. So I actually didn't see it. Yeah, sometimes that algorithm can yeah, bring you yeah. to tears. Um, yeah. All right, let's keep it moving because there was another goal in the 50th minute. Uh, another one for Newcastle was Sean Longstaff's goal. Um, this one was frustrating because as I went back and watched it, he just ran through with ease through the PSG's defense. Um, yeah. You mentioned the cement truck. You could have driven uh, or a cruise ship. You could have uh, either a cement truck or a cruise ship. I mean, that's how big the space was between the PSG defenders. Um, there was just so much space. We mentioned screen yards just so slow. It, the goal was just – you, you could just see it coming before it happened. And so my question is, what would be your ideal defense? Is it going to a back three with maybe Hakimi and Barkola as, as wingbacks or – who would you start? How, how do you sort out this defense that uh, PSG have? I mean, I think in the long run, we'll see how he how he is when he returns. But Nuno Minch is, if he's allowed to get back to fitness and form, one of the best full fullbacks in Europe. 
I would play him at full, uh, at left back with uh, Lucas Hernandez, uh, left center back, and uh, Marquinhos, uh, right center back, and then Hakimi to the right. It's also different. I, I know we're sort of banging on about this, but like how you play in in when you're defending in in, in attack and so on. Uh, so, but like in, in a de- in a defensive, uh, when when a piece is defending, they should defend in a uh, four back formation because if you go through a three back, you'll have less even less uh, presence in, in the middle uh, and so on, which can much pressure. So we'll we'll see what happens when Nuno Mendes get back and and like maybe Kimpembe comes back and is really good again, it could happen. Uh, would be quite surprising to see Marquinhos uh, and Kimpembe as the two center backs, given what we thought this um, uh, when the new signings came in this summer. Uh, I I I, I want to give Skriniar more time though. I think. He was also used to playing in a three-back, I believe, for the most part in uh, at Inter. So he was a bit more protected there. Uh, but he like it. It's quite similar. Like Danilo is a bit the same. You know, not the most mo- mobile player, but really good in the air. So if you're if you're one man down, for example, in a big match, having those two as your center backs is probably a really good idea. You're going to defend a lot of crosses and, and so on. But in in matches where there's a high high intensity quick movement, I think Marquinhos and Lucas Hernandez is going to be the best option for you. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. And you mentioned Nuno Mendes, and he is out, I think it was four months. So if PSG can somehow get through this group and into the knockout stage, they'll have him. But it's a lot of question marks. You're wondering, is Presno Kempembe, is he going to be able to really play? Um, coming off that significant, what was a Achilles uh, rupture, and then yeah, I think SL, yeah, yeah, and then Nuno Mendes with the the groin injury, who hasn't played since yeah. April. So you think he comes back almost a full calendar year of really not playing? Can we really count on him? So I think as we approach the January transfer window, you have to maybe look around and look for a reinforcement, uh, a center back perhaps, or a left back, somebody like that that could come in. Um, Jonathan Johnson wrote a really nice piece for us over on Substack about some um, players uh, that they could target in league on. Something about a joker transfer, which I wasn't even aware of, that kind of bend the rules a little bit to make an emergency signing if you have to. So that was a really good piece if you haven't had a chance to check that one out. But yeah, on the defensive side, I think PSG probably need one or two signings, if possible, uh, in the upcoming yeah. transfer window. But for now, I the, think you just got to make yeah. do with the best you, you, you have, and hopefully yeah. Marquinhos turns it around. Yeah, hopefully screen yard. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. But but I, I think the question also is depending on where we are in January. Do you want to? Are you going to have better options in the summer? It's better to just finish the season. It's going to depend on how we're doing in the game and in the Champions League. But you always have a better squad. It's easier to squad build during the summer than in January because everyone's wanna are going to want to keep their players. Going to pay more for a center back. So, it, but if we get like injuries, like get someone alone, maybe. Um, I guess we'll see. Um, because we've been talking a lot about the depth in attack, which is very, very present. It's about seven options uh, up there. But midfield and defense are looking quite thin, as it is. Um, so, and and it's, not yeah. just, it's not just a signing for the sake of making a signing. It has to be the right no. signing. And what I mean by that, it has to be, if Luis Enrique is going to want to play this possession game 
we need defenders who are good with the ball at their feet, who can make quick decisions and pass it and not get flustered. And those are really hard to find. Usually if you're good at that, you, you've already been scooped up by Manchester City, a Bayern, somebody like that. Yeah. They're really hard to find. So, yeah. I, I, even like without having a fully focused possession game, I think in today's modern football, if your center backs are the old school, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say any names here, but like the, the like, soul, like a Dan Burn. Soul camp. <laughs> yeah, Dan Burn, for example. Uh, like a Tony Adams for Arsenal, who was a really big player for them, but he wouldn't suit today's game. Um, so, yeah, like you'd really need a, a player that's comfortable with the ball at their feet. Yeah. Going Spanish might be good for that. Well, I, I honestly haven't watched too much lately. Yeah, there might be a good option there. Uh, or maybe in the, the Portuguese league, we've, we've had yeah, some success yeah. uh, scouting there. So um, much talent coming out of the league, it's insane. Yeah. It, it rivals uh, league on in talent. Yeah, for sure. We've, we've had uh, great success with Nuno Mendes and yeah. um, Ugarte. A little bit of a, a high note here. So Lucas Hernandez, he did pull one back for PSG. Um, the assist from Warren Zaire Emery. It's a nice little goal, chipped it over the Newcastle defense, and uh, Hernandez got his head on it. It was a really nice goal. But yeah. at 17 years old, my question to you is, is the young Frenchman, Warren Zaire Emery, is he the second? most important player in the PSG squad behind Mbappe. I've been saying that the most important player in PSG squad mm. is Manuel Ugarte. So, <laughs> so okay, well, so is he, is he yeah, third? Yeah, yeah. Get, how, just maybe just talking in general then, how important he is to this team? For those who don't know him. Very, um, very important. Partly because of his talent. Partly because of his role at the club being a... Uh, like, born and bred and uh, a youth academy graduate and partly the lack of depth in the midfield. If he is out or if any of the midfielders are out, uh, it's just the options. <laughs> when you get back past uh, Fabian Ruiz, you're, you do not have many options left. Uh, but in terms of what he means for the club and the future, it, like it's, it's huge. He he is the face of future of the future of PSU right now. Just look at the marketing material; like they're really going for it. Um, in terms of his quality, it's it's so hard to judge young players, but he is incredibly consistent for a seventeen-year-old. I was happy that we saw a creative moment for him yesterday with the assist. I'm not sure we have seen that too much. He's been very very much a ball progressor and and good in defense, but we haven't seen too many. Um, too too many sort of key passes and chance creation from in this so far this season that has mostly been on Vitinha and and, uh, and some of the other players. So I hope that's something he will sort of develop because right now he's very much a box to box type of player. He's incredibly important. I think it's hard to rank rank rank, uh, rank up how important a player is. Um, but no, he, he 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 is incredible. He is generational. The only issue is that development usually isn't linear. We we think of it like okay, he's gonna improve fifteen percent this year, fifteen the next, and so on. Then it's gonna be one of the best. That's usually not how it goes um, for most players. And uh, there 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 he will probably get an injury or real severe lack of for, uh, lack of form and, and fitness. And that's where the club and the fans have to sort of be behind, be behind them. But he is very important, especially considering the state of the midfield. 
Yeah, especially consider the state. I think I'm with you. I'd probably put Mbappe, then Ugarte, and then Zaire Emery. And that's no slight. I mean, at 17 years old, I, I, I don't even know what I was doing at 17, but it certainly wasn't playing in St. James's Park in a Champions League game. And he, he looks like he belongs. He doesn't... Um, he doesn't appear as though like when you're watching him, like he doesn't belong there and he's making mistakes. Like he certainly belongs. And I know the, the, the French uh, national team squad just came out and he, Zaire Emery's getting strong consideration for getting into that midfield and rightfully so. He's certainly yeah. one of the, the top young players in, in all of world football. He's, um, we got to get the contract done though. We've yeah. got to yeah. lock it up and uh, keep him here in the French capital, but he's, He's fantastic. He was probably PSG's best player on the night. Yeah. It's just, can he keep that consistency going? Because yeah. you, you know he's going to have a dip at that young age. It's, it's going to happen. But for now, we're just kind of riding that high. But brilliant player. Yeah. Like, if he continues uh, in terms of the France squad, if he continues as he is right now, and there there is a there will be some kind of injury come, come the Euros next summer, uh, he definitely has a big chance of getting in. So we'll, we'll hope for the best. I think one thing we didn't touch up on is game time. Yeah. We know that the season when Pedri uh, sort of came onto the scene at Barca, he played, I'm not sure if it was actually the most minutes in the squad, but he played so many minutes. And that hampered him for two years in terms of fitness. He needs to be managed in terms of game time. Fabian Ruiz needs to be trusted more and given more, more, more playing time. Especially if he's going out with uh, uh, Les Espoir, the the French uh, under twenty one right now, and captaining them, he's probably going to play most most games. So th- that's one of the things I'm actually quite worried about. Mm. And that's uh, Thierry Henry's side, right? He's yep. the manager. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's keep it moving. Uh, what's my next question here? I can't believe we made it this long. We haven't really even <laughs> talked about Kylian Mbappe. Uh, What do you make of his performance? He didn't complete a single take on against Newcastle, never really threatened the score. He was kind of appearing all over the pitch in, you know, in the middle as like a 10, he's out on the wing. I mean, he was just everywhere, but do you put that performance down to um, the formation that Luis Enrique, the tactics, or do you think that maybe he's not a hundred percent fit? What's going on with Mbappe? Probably a mix, I would say. He doesn't look. He's definitely like, like he's not in form, and like that's obvious to say. Um, he's been getting a weird amount of goal contributions uh, in those first games. There has been a fair amount of penalties, to be fair, but he had that volley against Nice uh, and so on. So he still produced some numbers, but it's, a, I mean, it's just nine and eight to what we're used to seeing him. And yesterday. He was just, I'm not sure if he's getting used to the new role because he, it, it's kind of an inside forward, but a very stationary one. Because, like, he, uh, I'm probably gonna anger all, all the, the messy fans up there, but he was walking on the pitch, just like in uh, our dear number uh, 30. Uh, he was just walking around. I think he was probably trying to find space in between midfield and defense. But PSG weren't really able to play those passes. And when he got the, the, the few times when he got those passes, it just didn't work out. It, it, like one of the best, to be fair, one of the best actions was in one of, like in fourth minute or something when he played that crossover to Dembele. It was a really, really clo- close. Uh, if that goes in, it's a completely through. different game. 
Exactly, exactly. Uh, and it's a super, like, and I know people have been getting uh, getting on the ability spec, but, like, you can't expect anyone to score that volley. Like, that's super hard. Anyways, back to uh, MLP. We'll see what happens now. Are we going to, let's say he is not happy with his current position in the in the squad and his role in, in the team in ter- from a tactical perspective. Are we going to see uh, comments when he's away with, with France? Uh, uh, th- those things it wouldn't surprise me too much. I've been defending him a lot uh, throughout the all everything that's happened, but wouldn't surprise me actually. Um, but I think in general the team is just struggling in these initial phases to find a pattern or play uh, in attack. Uh, there's no sort of uh, automatism, like n- n- no. There, there's just such a lack of a cohesion between. Uh, the, the attackers that it makes it hard for all of them right now, and that's one of the reasons we see Colomani is struggling. That's one of the reasons we see Mbappe and Ramos struggling as well. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I really hope we can we can get back to some form. What's kind of encouraging is like soon it feels like we can actually be uh, allowed to drop him, which would be interesting because. At this point, like he's probably going to go this summer. Who knows? Like we've been through this so many times, but it feels like, especially when he's playing this poorly, it, it feels like we were more than ready than ever to let him go and replace him with Simmons, who's been playing great uh, for Leipzig. So, so, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, it, it might sort sort itself out in in in, uh, in a couple of game weeks, and we will all we will not, we we won't talk about the, about this again. Uh, but yeah, no, he's not playing well. He's lo- he looks lost and everything. So we 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 know that he's got a little bit of an ankle injury that he suffered against yeah. Marseille. I don't know if there's anything else going on with him. There's been reports maybe hinting at maybe he's more injured than letting on. Maybe he shouldn't have even played against Newcastle. But there was there was a moment yeah. I I don't know what minute it was. Someone kind of took a gif of it on social media um, where the ball came into Mbappe. You may have seen this. He was kind of right in the middle of the, the pitch, the ball kind of bounces around between his legs and he kind of loses the control and yeah. he doesn't turn around and fight for it. He doesn't track back. He just kind of like, Oh, well I, I lost possession. Someone else will deal with it. He looks super very frustrated. Messy, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he looks very frustrated. And like, if we compare our f- f- previous starts when that happened, Neymar would get angry and yeah. dribble everyone until he got the tackle, and then he would get either he would play great or get a red card. And Bappe seems to be getting sort of apathetic and just sad and irritated. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we'll see. Like obviously these are egos, and when it doesn't go well for them, uh, it's frustrating. For, well, what uh, for I don't understand if it's not going your way, you're the player. You're the best in the world. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. Do something but, but, to I, I, turn but, it but, around. But, 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 yeah, but but I guess that's a, that, that's the thing. Maybe he does like he's trying, and it not, it's not working. And he's looking at himself like I'm I'm Kylian Mbappe. I should be able to sort of run, like run past these uh, these Jordies, and I can't. Uh, but but I also think like because uh, when we were talking about the fitness situation, mm-hmm. y- yes, there might be an ankle thing. But I think mo- the biggest thing with the the fitness situation is his exclusion from the squad and not having a preseason. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the biggest physical issue that he like hasn't come into this season well at all, and that like for normal players that that can uh, mess up your like months 
uh, before you're back into um, uh, sort of proper match fitness or forming it. So yeah, that, it's going to be interesting. Well. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see this weekend against Ren, see what his mindset is and how he approaches yeah. that game. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, Carl, I've got some questions that came in through Twitter and through our Discord channel, so I'm just going to fire away here. This one comes from at sports underscore fan 2001. So they ask, uh, when all healthy, what should be the front three for important Champions League games? Is it, for me, it would probably be Colomwani, Dembele, Mbappe. I just think they're, they have the most cohesion just from the uh, France national team. And I think those are our best three, but who do you like? You th- would you throw Ramos in there? I mean, the, the first name on the, um, out of that, the front three would be Dembele at this point. He's the only one. Yes, he's missing his chances, missing chances, but he's the only one doing anything. He has, he does so much more than anyone else in that uh, front line. He gets on the ball, combines really well with Hakimi. He's super important tactically uh, for the new role that Hakimi has uh, inverting, which he didn't do yesterday, which was one of the issues why, uh, one of the reasons why we didn't do as well, by the way. But no. For the other ones, I think it depends on opponent. If you're looking, if you're facing a Bayern München, for example, and you're looking to sit back and defend, then kill them a bit. Um, Kulwani and Dembele, definitely. But I would definitely start Ramos in any game that's where you're looking to have more possession. He's the only. He's the best out of those uh, four or five pe- players uh, in navigating uh, the penalty area. Mm-hmm. And yes, and like Mbappe, un- unless he completely just like uh, unless he goes he gets even worse. Yes, he has to start. Yeah. I also think we should. I, I posted that on Twitter yesterday. Like, how far is uh, Marco Asensio from a starting spot? Yeah, he looked yeah. really good. Like mm-hmm. when he's played in in that false uh, sort of sort of false nine role, he's been really good. He has a really good left foot, and if it seemed to facilitate like the the disconnection between all of the attackers in all the other games doesn't seem as present when he's there. He seems to uh, be far better at the interplay. So when he's back, and we see what kind of level he's playing at, but I wouldn't say he's far from it uh, so far. Yeah, I think he got injured in the last international break, so uh, we'll yeah. have to keep an eye on that. He's probably yeah. getting close to return, but might I need think, some time. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be back just after, so for, maybe before the second Milan. No, first mm-hmm. Milan. There's so many international breaks. It's so frustrating. Um, yeah. Uh, A lot so of games uh, next year with the Olympics, and is yeah, that the Euros yeah, next yeah. year, too? Yeah, yeah, but but, but yeah. also like I think uh, depending on how you look at it, uh, if you look at it as a, as a th- front three or if you want to include uh, Bakula as well, he's been very encouraging to watch. He's been trying a lot. He's been very active in the way he's playing. He's obviously been on that left wing role, um, sort of opposite Dembele in a way. If you if you want to look at it from a symmetrical standpoint. So if you're looking in more as a front four, depending on how you, how you see it, uh, he's going to be in there as well. He's going to fight for... Uh, I really hope Colomani doesn't get another game there because it won't work. Um, yeah, he, he's got to earn um, his playing time. Yeah. He's not come in and been the player yeah. that we all wanted him to be. We were all very yeah, excited. Yeah. And Someone said in our uh, Twitter spaces that PSG have like all these new shiny toys and 
Enrique, Luis Enrique was just like throwing them all out at the same time, and it just didn't work out. So I hope um, it wasn't what he did. That felt <laughs> like it, it felt like it. I really hope he had more of a an actual idea that didn't work. Because uh, if he if that was how he he looks at football, then we're in trouble. We're, we're in trouble. Um, yeah. Speaking of him, at We Made It Podcast uh, said, is Luis Enrique taking his job seriously? And then I saw another tweet from this person that said that he's kind of a double agent from Barcelona sent to Paris to kind of sabotage us. Um, but you look Old at that Twitter. You look at that starting lineup, it does beg the question. So, um, you know, you don't have to spend too much time I, I, on this. But yeah, No, no. I mean, like, is he taking the job seriously? He's living at his work. Like, he, he's staying at his workplace. Well, and it's not like his family is in Spain or anything. They're in Paris. Uh, so he's literally not seeing his family to do the job. He's taking it very seriously. I think that's the one thing you can actually say he's doing. He he looks to be very serious. He looks to be very professional. We'll see how it, if it works out in the end. But I think no one can question the way he approaches his attitudes towards his job. Looking at sort of the the, 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 the thing about everyone learning French, for example. Mm-hmm. He, he he is allowed partly because of the people that have left but he's allowed this is much more of his squad mm-hmm. than uh, than any of the previous manager's squad was their squad he, he's much more in, in charge of the squad and than than they were even to which who was great but yeah he's definitely yeah. he's definitely taking it seriously that's for sure uh tommy yeah. over on our discord uh mentioned we, we talked he asked about vitinha why he isn't starting we talked about that but yeah. he said are we going to see the 433 formation again i i think we're absolutely going to go back to that or something similar but any any thoughts on is 433 is that our our kind of our bread and butter that's the best formation that we have that PSG can play with I mean, the players we have I, like it, it, uh... Yeah. Yes and no. Uh, as I said, we like it's also for 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 up front with Vitinha and Barcola on that left hand side. So it depends on how we look at it. Uh, I think what we didn't see yesterday, what we have seen before, is uh, Hakimi joining the midfield. We didn't see that. Uh, he didn't invert like he's, he usually does, and that left a hole in the middle. Uh, but 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 if he is referring to the, the whatever we want to call that formation that we've been playing for the most of the season, then maybe I mean like that's what we've been seeing. Uh, could we change it up? Probably, but I, like it's hard to make up uh, hypothetical uh, formations and how they would play in your head. So we'll see what happens from this. I I really hope Hakimi has been so much better this season when he's been playing in an inverted role, and I really hope we can get back to that. Uh, it's not perfect. I, I think it, it, there are still issues with having too much of a uh, of a flat front line mm-hmm. uh, where they don't integrate. They're basically on the line, so they don't in, uh, interplay enough. We need them to drop far deeper um, and pick up the ball and receive passes. So we'll, we'll see. I, I hope we won't see what we saw yesterday, at least, because uh, that did not work. Yeah. That did not work. And I think a lot of what we're seeing, and it goes back to, is he taking the job seriously? I think he is. You you don't know what formations will work. You don't really, there's, there's a lot of new players. You don't know who's going to buckle another pressure really until you're out there. So a lot of this is maybe just trial and error from Luis Enrique. He's saying, okay, who who are my, my guys I can count on? What are the formations that work? Who fits where? He's still figuring things out. He, he's brand new at the team, 11 new signings. So 
you know, let's give it time. He's figuring things out. We're going to have some growing pains. I think um, PSG review, uh, Miko said, you know, teething, you know, that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're we're figuring things out. Yeah, 100%. Uh, And and it's hard to tell on Twitter how the fans actually are actually feeling. I I think there's definitely a part of, I don't want to call us grown-ups because that's super patronizing. Uh, But there there is a certain section of the fan base that are better at taking it a bit easier. Like, like, I know back in like 2016, I was far younger back then. I used to be like screaming. I have tweets from like 2016, me me calling Emery a fraud and get out of the club <laughs> and so on. Like, I think we need to go past that and say that one, these people are like their people and be be nice to them, mm-hmm. uh, but also patience and yeah. like the 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 squad turnover we've seen this uh, this season is almost unrivaled for a big club. I've definitely seen it in like uh, clubs coming up. I know Fulham did that one season, bought um, massive amounts of players. It didn't work because they, it takes a long time to gel. Um, so like we, we will have very much up and down performances all throughout, probably the season, definitely this, the, the fall or the autumn uh, up, up until um, Christmas. There will be really good ones. There will be, performances like yesterday um so patience 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 and do not like it yeah and then like if you're thinking about writing that tweet and like get get enrique out of our club just breathe take 10 seconds breathe and uh yeah let's not forget i mean the club gave us everything we wanted we wanted to get rid of you know the superstars they're gone we wanted to get rid of some of the deadwood they're gone we wanted new players french players exciting young fast we got everything we want. Now we just we have all the ingredients. Now we just need time. We need time to, to cook, right? We need to put all the ingredients yeah. together and just let let things work its way out. And so this is the the painful yeah. part. It'll get better. Yeah. It may not. We may not achieve all of our goals this season. We've got Javi Simmons coming back uh, next summer. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Mbappe may stay. There's a lot to be positive about, and that's where I kind of want to yeah. close out this. Um, podcast is let's end on a positive note because all is not lost uh carl give give folks listening a reason to be positive about psg moving forward this season especially in the champions league why why are you remaining positive if you look back to the goal kolomani scored uh, a few games ago you saw his reaction just scoring his first first goal for the club that passion really wanting to be here we've been going through way way too much sort of way way too many examples of players just being here because they like paris and they they have a decent paycheck right now we have players who want to play for the club at least the majority of them uh they're young most of them are very exciting um we have a sporting director who's one of probably the best squad builder in Europe in the past, uh, with, with like Monchi uh, uh, during the past 15, 20 years. Uh, we will see what happens with, with Enrique. I, I think the project the project is Project uh, Luis Campos. It's not Project Enrique. If, if Enrique en- ends up going, I don't think that's the end of the world, uh, as long as the foundations are there uh, to get someone else in. We've seen, like, we've beaten Lens, Lyon, uh, Marseille very, very comfortably, all of those three teams we 
look, look at Lons the other day uh, against Ar- Arsenal at home. Uh, they're a really good side. Um, so the more they can play together, the better they're going to be. Um, yeah. Like and just like try to enjoy football because if we're all or if we're always so angry, like we're not gonna, it's just gonna be something we we take into our, uh, the rest of our lives with work or family, whatever. Just try to enjoy it, man. Come on, try to enjoy it, people. I'm with you. Try to enjoy it. Let's let's just step back and look. We've won a game. We've lost a game. The Champions League. Like it's not a big deal. We're in second place. I mean, if if what. PSG have done is catastrophic and we've collapsed and everything's on fire. But what do you call what's happening over at AC Milan? They haven't even scored a goal. They haven't won a game in the Champions League yet. So it it could be worse. It's okay. If it ended today, we would advance. We're one point behind Newcastle. When when they come to the park, we're going to be favored and we're probably going to win that game. I think last night was the perfect storm. I don't think any team, Manchester City just went there and lost. I don't think any team would have went there on that night, Wednesday night, and would have gotten a result there. That crowd was louder than anything I've heard watching PSG for years now. No one was going into that stadium and beating them soundly. It just wasn't going to happen. I thought at best maybe a 1-1 um, escape would be – I'd be more than happy with that. So let's just take that. It, that was their night, but there was no trophy given out last night. Okay, It's okay. You, you lost. Let's regroup. We've got right at the weekend, international break. But the game when AC Milan come to Paris, that's a must win. That's a game where Luis Enrique has to get it right. So let's look forward. Let's be positive. We have a really good team. We have everything that we ever asked for. Young, hungry players, like you said. Kolomwani wants to be here. The passion is there. We're going to get it right. We're just we're learning how to walk right now. So let's just be patient. Let's take some enjoyment out of the goals we do score and the big moments that are afforded to us because, you know, Arsenal just got back into the, the Champions League. Newcastle just got back into the Champions League. It's not a given. So let, let's just appreciate the opportunity that we are in the Champions League and have these big nights and big opportunities. So, And we have the right players. We're, we're going to figure things out. So I'm optimistic. It sounds like you're optimistic as well. So if you're listening to this yeah. and you're thinking the world is collapsing, it's going to be okay. They're going to turn this around. So. Uh, Carl, Oscar, oh, any uh, final yeah, thoughts before we let you run? No, <laughs> like no, it's definitely not a negative note. And like, if if we don't go through uh, this group, if we end up in the Europa League. We'll play, play the Europa League. We'll maybe win a European trophy. That's like whatever. We're not going to win the Champions League this season, anyways. Just have fun, and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, and, and what's the word? We go to the Europa League. What is uh, ESPN and Sky Sports going to make fun of us? They already do that. Just yeah. a, a one loss, and we're already getting <laughs> yeah. roasted. Again, no one says anything yeah. about AC Milan, but we're, we already get roasted. So if we go to the Europa League, let's win that. Who cares? Ignore the noise on the outside. Let's stick together as a fan base and get behind this team. Carl, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate you okay, coming man. on. Um, any any final words before we let you run here? No, uh, thank you so much for having me on. It was been great to talk. Because I've been writing about the PSG on Twitter for so long now, and I'm in, in, I rarely speak with anyone in real life about it. Uh, it's been good to, to chat uh, and good to see you again. It's, yeah, it's good to see you. It's a good therapy session to get it out and, and yeah. talk things yeah. out. Yeah. Um, you don't get this kind of discord um, 
um, from the the mainstream media about PSG, it's a lot of Newcastle would win league on, and some of the things I'm seeing out there are just wild. And anyway, I've enjoyed having you on. You are a linguistic master. The way that you say all the players' names and teams <laughs> is so much better than me. So I wish we could just have you on to correct the way I say things. Um, so That's I appreciate funny. that. If nothing else, of course, of course. Awesome. Well, Car Oscar, thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone.